This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're listening to The Morning Run on BFM 89.9, the business station. I'm Melissa Idris with Julian Ng. It's time now for the SM show. This is, of course, the show where we rant about everything that's working in markets and what's not. Today's topic, private equity in China. So the Chinese market is still fraught with hazards for foreign funds. Um, for more on the opportunities and challenges for private equity in China, we're joined by Yong Kuek Ping, the CEO of Inventus Investment Holdings. He's also the author of the book Private Equity in China. Welcome, Mr. Yong, to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Right. So I think let's uh, kind of get a, a an overview of what exactly is the situation with private equity in China. What is the landscape like there? Private equity is, is a misunderstood concept in China. In fact, there are many, many private equity funds in China. Uh, they, they claim to be private equity, but in fact, they may not be the true blue private equity. They are just a pure investment fund. So... Most of the Chinese funds are opportunistic. For example, in China, people may think that pre-IPO investment is private equity. In fact, it is not. A real private equity fund is really put money into a private Chinese company, add value to the Chinese company for about five years, and then exit and sell the portfolio to make a a, a good returns. But in China, a lot of uh, funds are set up to take opportunities about quick flip, which I think uh, this is a situation in China. So what we need to do in China is really to promote the real private equity model that is to add value for about five years to improve the SME in China mm-hmm. and to help the economy and even helping the uh, second tier and third tier cities companies to grow. Mm-hmm. So and I think that that should be the the way we should do private equity. But in fact, it is not not developed that way. Uh, this is something we could we could work hard on. I'm sure that when you say that uh, you try to make money out of your private equity investment, yeah. you're being quite humble about it because <laughs> a lot of the successful private equity funds actually make a very very good money out of their investments. But uh, then a lot of them. Uh, are not as successful as well. Yeah. What is the yeah. success rate, uh, would you say, about uh, doing private equity in China? Uh, very good question. If you are a private equity, your so-called private equity fund in China and you are just pursuing pre-IPO opportunities, you can definitely make a lot of money through the pre-IPO investment. However, as we know that the IPO situation in China may not be that optimistic, mm. that means you may have limited deals to pursue in China. So sometimes you heard about people saying, oh, too much money chasing for too few deals. They are in fact referring to pre-IPO deals, which is not, should not be the business model for right. private equity. So if, but if you, if you look at the real private equity model, you just look at private companies in China and you invest in private companies, no, private companies in China. And there are tons, tons of uh, 
good opportunities for you to pursue. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are tons of good opportunities, but there are also those that um, may not necessarily be of the best quality, right? So yes. identifying the yes. good opportunities exactly. would be, you know, really key in a market like China. Yeah, because right. it only takes a few bad apples to yes. spoil the entire game for everyone. <laughs> You're right, yeah. and it also related to the question. Uh, the Chinese government is now grappling with how to handle the stock market, which has, which has crashed yes. very sharply. Does yes. uh, th- those kind of stock market poor stock market performance affect your PE work in China? Oh, that's that's, that's exactly what I've just mentioned in earlier. Uh, a real privately models should not be closely linked to stock market. As that's, that's the main reason we call it a private equity. It's not public equity. Uh, the performance of the stock market may not have a direct link to our investment in China. I probably have to stress one more time is that our investment is mainly into private companies in China. Wouldn't it affect your work though? Because... Uh, the stock market is one way for fu- private equity funds to exit. Yeah, their yes. and I was just going to ask: question. is that is yes. that the way you measure the success of private equity to the ability to exit an IPO? Is that the success ah. a successful um, private equity investment? Absolutely not. You can sell it to another buyer, of course. Yes, uh, if you look at the statistic internationally, not only in Asia, in US, in Europe. Only one third of the exit methods will be via IPO. The other two thirds is you sell it to a trade buyers or you sell it to another private equity fund. So majority of the portfolios we have, we basically sell it back to a trade buyer or another fund. But IPO wouldn't is the, the stock market valuations affect the valuation of that exit. For example, yes, you may yes. be forced to sell something at 10 or 12 times when yes. the market was at one time valuing it at 25 times. Yes. When the, when the stock market sentiment is bad, it's the right time for us to buy. Buy private companies. That means we can bargain for a much lower valuation in private companies. So you buy at that point in time and yes. not sell. When the stock market sentiment is bad, everybody was groomy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good time for us to bargain for a good valuation. When the market, let's say, let's say if we want to exit our portfolio via uh, IPO, mm. then when the market is good, we, we exit at a much better, better price. But as, as I mentioned, two-thirds of the international private, private equity deal, deals uh, exited via trade sales mm. or secondary sales. That's so, uh, selling it to another private equity fund. Is it easy to find a trade buyer in China? Extremely easy. It is. Yes, extremely easy. Let me let me explain. Uh, if we have a, if we were to invest in a private food companies in China, we would sell our portfolio to another MNC, a food MNC, and they wanted the market shares. And they wanted good companies to buy to expand their market shares. So it's extremely easy to sell. I found it quite interesting earlier on when you mentioned, uh, when you were talking about helping the two second tier and the third tier mm. cities. Yes. And you couched it in those words that you were supposed to help them. Yes. Um, is this the way business is being done in China? Because wouldn't you just go with uh, you know, profit-making, totally profit-making motive and just go to the best deals instead of those words that you couched in that, that you were trying to help uh, second or third tier yes. cities? Oh. 
we we you you may not believe that this is true, but it is a fact that we help ourselves. We do help the city as well. For example, if we have a very good private company within a second or third tier city, we will inject about hundred million US dollar into that city. Think about it: hundred million US dollar injected to a small city. We help create so many job opportunities. We help the business activities within the city. So we really help the city so much. When we exit, as I mentioned, we we might go through a trade sale. Uh, we might exit that portfolio together with the original owner. Uh, if we can sell our twenty percent stake at three times the initial invested value, the original owner would have sold it uh, also three times of his eighty percent. Mm-hmm. So we we were very proud about creating tons of tons. Of, I mean, thousands of millions of it's jobs like a opportunities. Multiplier yes, in fact. jobs in, opportunities for the last sixteen years. How involved uh, are the local governments in this kind of deal? And um, yes. how do you how do you control the degree of pol- political elements within yes, your investment? Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, our success in China, or no matter where we go, whether in China or in uh, Africa, political stability is the first factor we yep. look at. When we were putting in the 100 million into a small city, suddenly we get a lot of support from the local government. So do you have to incorporate uh, the political elements and risk into your investments? Yeah. How do you control yeah. the, those kind of things? The basic principle we have is to shun away from politically sensitive industry. For example, upstream of oil and gas, but mm-hmm. we could go downstream of oil and gas. Okay, so trying to remove the regulatory risk from yes, the businesses that exactly, you're in. Exactly, exactly. But you know, it's hard because policy affects yes, every aspect yes, of business, mm-hmm, right? Yes. And yes. especially when you're talking about yes. contributing to the local employment yes. and local economic growth. Mm-hmm. So we get very good support from the local government. Again, this is this is what I meant. Uh, there are some sectors is totally free from political interference or political influence. For example, we invested in chicken farms. We invested in seafood farm. We invested in uh, some good manufacturing uh, industry, so we got very very good support from the local government. And and the the local government may be more concerned about their political future. So when we put a big sum of capital into their market, it's in fact helping the city in terms of. Uh, GDP, growth, yeah. GDP growth, GDP okay. growth. So they can show their political results every year during the, the the national conference. So let's talk a little bit about due diligence because for me, sure. when it comes to private equity, that is the number one priority. Agree. Right? Agree. Trying to find where to put your money, making sure that that business is solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with the opacity of um, China and its economy, and sometimes uh, you hear of cases where reporting is not always above board. That's right. Um, how do you ensure that you're, you know, you've got a solid investment on your hands? Uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, we, we have many, many potential deals or leads coming our way every year. So one of the critical deciding factors will be through performing a very good due diligence. After we do our due diligence, we could select out of, let's say, 100 deals, we would select about three to four. The key thing about due diligence in China would be going beyond the checklist. Mm. For example, 
you might get the big four, you might get a very good international law firm to do your legal due diligence or your financial due diligence. But that's just the basic. What we are always looking at is beyond all the financial and uh, operation and legal due diligence. I give you one example. If you were to do a legal due diligence, yeah, the lawyer would check, oh, they have this license. That's a very good license. But our check would be, how did the owner get the license? <laughs> rather than, check that? Rather than, yeah, rather than, oh, I have a license. It's a valid license. Yes. How did the owner get the license? So typically, we will ask the owner. It's very simple. I will ask, uh, Mr. So-and-so, how did you get this license? <laughs> <laughs> and typically, the answer will be, oh, I'm a good friend of so-and-so, a mayor or whatever. And Say, that's oh, a red flag. Yes. Is oh, that a red then flag? Then we ask, why are you the good friend of the mayor? <laughs> oh, so you do and some then we, digging, we'll right? just go, okay. yes, yes. Yeah. So it's conversational. I saw your TED Talk oh, thank uh, you. yes. speech. And uh, one of the very interesting things that you said is that you always check whether the owner has a mistress. Definitely. We'll check. I, <laughs> I, I, would, I would like you to talk about that more and also explain what are the kind of red flags you look for uh, before investing in a Chinese so, company? So, uh, the due diligence for a, an in private equity investment in China is unlike IPO, as I mentioned. For example, if you want to take a company to IPO, you would do your due diligence and you, you don't have to care whether the original owner having a gambling habit. But for a private equity into a private company, we would care about that, whether... The, the owner has a gambling habit. If he were to have, the easiest place for him to get money is from the company. Right. So, of course, it's a red flag. Oh. So, we will be very concerned about that. And what would a mistress signify? Same thing. <laughs> you need... Uh, uh, if Extra you, if money, you, yes, you would yes, dip you into need, the company coffers. You need to buy luxury items for ladies. <laughs> oh, I see, <laughs> you need I to, see. You need to buy a property for your mistress. Yeah. And where's the easiest place to get money? It's not from your own pocket. It's just to get money from the from the company. But of course, before our investment, the company is yours. You can dig whatever you want. It's none of my business. But now, if I were to a 20% owner of this company, then please don't. <laughs> so a lot of conversation face-to-face, yeah. you have to go definitely. beyond the paper checklist, definitely. right? Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Right. So so the key issue is unlike IPO due diligence, you you take, for example, the investment bank probably will take the company to IPO and that's it. And they get collect their fees and bye-bye. But for us, putting 100 million into a company is just the beginning. We have to work with the management, the owner for another five years before we exit. Mm-hmm. Right. So we really have to know very well the the, or the the shareholders of the company, the management of the company, because we're going to work for the next five years together. Because you said you know, the idea of private equity is to add value. Yes, right. exactly, exactly. Right. You yes. spoke about the veracity of uh, licensing in China earlier. Yes. And I think at the height of um, the listing of internet companies uh, in exchanges, stock exchanges in the United States, yeah. uh, one issue that cropped up was uh, the so-called uh, variable interest entity, right? The VIEs, yes. where... Yes. The yes. companies, the internet yes. companies didn't actually own yes. the license, although yes. they benefited from the cash flows of the company. Yes. Yes. Is this a serious matter? It's a very good question. Yeah. I'm not sure how, how well the audience understood VIE. VIE basically is that you own the, the company without really owning the shares, mm. but you're just having a control via, through the company via a contract. 
this is a red flag to a private equity firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would not accept any legal arrangement with a VIE structure. Uh, most of the VIE structure currently would mainly link to internet-related uh, firm because the foreign investors are not allowed to own a content-based company in China. So that's why there's a VIE... It's a tr- uh, strategic uh, industry. Yes, yes, it's yeah. just to, to circumvent the regulation. Yeah, so mm-hmm. for a real private equity firm into a real company, <laughs> we will not we will not follow that. So you wouldn't touch all we these dot not, coms. We would not. Yes, okay. we would not. So are there any government restrictions on foreign private funds, foreign private equity, foreign funds move, uh, investing in China? Are there any restrictions that foreign investors should know about? Lots of restrictions, uh, but I think there are just some common sense uh, understanding. For example, as I mentioned earlier, upstream of oil and gas may be restricted. And certain sector, for example, the banking sector, mm. uh, you could probably earn at most 20% of the stake. So it's, it's quite easy to understand the So some str- strategic yeah. sectors yes. are off limits. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But, but given the big size and huge economy of China, you can... Uh, this you you don't have to you don't have to pursue those restricted area. There are tons of other things that you can do. So you mentioned chicken farming yes. and manufacturing. Yes. Uh, what are some of the the potential areas that you see opportunities F- in? F and B related, uh, consumer related, and and don't forget even when I talk about chicken farm, there's entire supply chain. It's not just the chicken farm. We have cold chain. You have logistic. You have feed. You have uh, facilities. Everything yeah. is related to one sector. So you can, you could look at the entire supply chain. What do you think of all the doom and gloom that uh, scenario that had been uh, leveled at China? Do you think China has a future? What What is your opinion of the future of China? Oh, I'm always optimistic about China. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so as as I uh, mentioned earlier as well, uh, as long as the political situation in China is stable. The opportunity is uh, just great. Will it be? Yes, it would be. <laughs> the political situation will yes, be stable? Yes, it would be. Okay. Yes. All right, because, you know, we talk to market commentators who often say, the project that the, you know, the, the economy of China will slow down, yes, there'll be trickle down right. effect. That's right. There Even a be... hard landing and a crash. Yes, I exactly. mean, people yes. like uh, George Soros says yes. uh, China is now... Don't listen to George Soros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So well, well I don't want to. I, I want some uh, comfort assurances from you. I want, I want to yeah. know from someone who is on the ground in yes, China doing yes, business, yes. what is it like? Is, yes. it, is it as bad? Is it bleak or is it vibrant? Extremely vibrant and, as I mentioned, optimistic. Uh, to, to, let, let me put it this way. In fact, for a private equity investor, we, we don't want the economy to be overheated. In fact, I like the slowing down. What for we need to ramp up all the community in this world to a, to a price that is nobody could afford? Slowing down, we are talking about from 7.5 to 7 or from 7 to 6.5% growth. Don't be too greedy. Mm. 6.5% growth really of good. Chinese economy is huge. And when we talk about slowing down, it affects the stock market more than private equity. So it's, those, are, those are the commentator or the analysts from the stock market. But for a private equity investment, slowing down is good. We've been speaking to Mr. Yong Kwek Peng, CEO of Inventus Investment Holdings and author of the book Private Equity in China. He was in town recently for the Private Equity Asia workshop organised by Quest Group. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, Mr. Yong. Thank you for having me. I'm Melissa Idris with Julian Ng for BFM 89.9.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.